Igniting Hope Ministries welcomes you. Prepare yourself to listen to a message that will spark hope and renew your mind. Hi, Steve Backlin here from Igniting Hope Ministries. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. The title of the day's message is Victor Frankl's Revelation of Hope. And I'm so looking forward to sharing with you today this message, which I believe is going to be powerful. And I want to remind you that we here at Igniting Hope Ministries are here to ignite your hope. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people who do not have hope. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. Hope's an unstoppable force. It's unstoppable. And today's message is going to convince you of that even more. If something's going to change, somebody has hope. Somebody believes the future will be better than the present, and they have the power to help make it so. Woohoo! I believe after love, hope is the most powerful leadership, influential quality there is. It's very difficult to influence that which you do not have. Hope for. By the way, starting in August, the first week of August, I'm doing a new course, an eight week course called Fully Convince the Art of Decision Making, Attaching Great Faith to Who We Are and What We Do. I believe it's going to be one of the most powerful uh, courses that I've ever done. And we're going to be releasing the book by the same title uh, after the course. I'm going to get feedback from those in the course. Looking forward to that refining the book a little bit, and planning on releasing the book in the fall or the last part of 2022. Well, let's talk today about Viktor Frankl's revelation about hope. By the way, Viktor Frankl is famous for surviving the Nazi concentration camps. He was a Jew in Austria. He was a a person who had great revelation about therapy and how to help people before he went to the concentration camp. But then he implemented what he had already learned in the concentration camp and survived it. And then as he, after he was released, he wrote the book, Man's Search for Meaning. And it recounts how hope for the future was the single most important factor in determining whether his fellow prisoners survived the camps in World War II. He wrote this. He said, The prisoner who had lost faith in the future, his future was doomed. With his loss of belief in the future, He also lost his spiritual hold. He let himself decline and become subject to mental and physical decay. Wow. Wow. And I mean, the whole book is is powerful. But let me read what what he said again in, in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. The prisoner who had lost faith in the future... His future or her future was doomed. With his loss of belief in the future, he also lost his spiritual hold. He let himself decline and become subject to mental and physical 
decay. And I believe this has so much to say for us today. We're in a prison when we lose hope. We're, we're in a prison of decline and decay when we lose hope. Now, Frankel, who helped thousands, countless thousands, get hope after he was released from the concentration camps, he, he had at the core of his therapy this truth. Listen to this. Human beings are driven by their views of their own future. Human beings are driven by their views of their own future. Where we're not called to live out of our past, we're called to live out of our future. And the more positive the future is seen, the more power and purpose there will be in the present. Proverbs 29:19 says, "Without a vision, the people perish." Without a vision, the people perish. A lack of purpose will not only drain us of energy, but will actually shorten our lives. A lack of vision for the future will not, will not only drain us of energy in the present, but it will actually shorten our lives. It's interesting that in the time of the American Revolution with our, our America's founding fathers, that the life expectancy during that time was about 40 years, was less than 40 years. But most of our founding fathers lived 20 or more years after that. And I believe one of the reasons is because they had a purpose. They had a purpose for their future. Now, Frankel, he had a why. He had a why to live for. He, he wanted to see his family, and unfortunately, pretty much all of his family died in the concentration camps. He wanted to live, wanted to see his family, but he also wanted to write the book. He had already started it. His manuscript was taken and lost or destroyed, and he had a vision. I'm going to write that book. I'm going to help people. I'm going to make a difference. And that vision caused him to endure intense suffering. And he saw actually his suffering as something that would make him stronger for the future. I like what Chris Valentin says. Vision for the future gives pain a purpose. Vision for the future gives pain a purpose. We, we see that in athletes. We see athletes who have a vision of something, a championship, a a dream to, to be realized, an Olympic champion, whatever it is, that vision gives pain a purpose. It causes people to sacrifice. It causes people to do things that they could not do or would not do without, without that vision. And so we're talking today about the, the power of hope and about Viktor Frankl's uh, experience in, in, in the Nazi concentration camps and how hope he determined was the deciding factor whether someone survived and came out of the camps. Now, when we don't have a why to live for, we are reduced to trying to protect what we have and not lose what we have. We're, we're reduced to, to survivalism. We're reduced to trying not to move backwards, 
uh, in our lives. And really the only motivation that's going to cause us to change is the motivation of avoidance of pain. Now, Gideon, he was in this place in Judges chapter 6. He was in a wine press hiding, threshing wheat, and his goal was not to lose anything more in his life, was not to move backwards uh, in, in his life. He was in a self-protection mode, not a vision or a hope-filled mode. But what was so exciting, he didn't stay there. He did not stay there. He, he received a prophetic word from the angel, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior, that, that started to give him hope, that started to, to, to give him purpose. And then God says, go in the strength you have. You're going to overcome. You're going to defeat the Midianites. And this thing caused him to break out of survivalism, caused him to break out of, of just trying not to lose anything more in his life. And it caused him to get to a place where he said, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to, I'm going to make it. I can do this thing. I can do this. Paul the Apostle writes this in Philippians 3.13. He says, One thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that, are ahead. Now, we have those things to reach forward to. All of us have those things. I love it. It's not just one thing, it's those things. Again, he said, one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. Those things is vision. Those things is hope. Those things is purpose for our lives. It, 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 is our, it is vision and it fuels us. Now, without, without, that, without that reaching for things ahead, our thinking will, will tend to fixate on the past, fixate on regrets, on the good old days, if only, if onlys in, in our lives. And and this is what happens when we don't have a vision, when we don't have a purpose, when we don't have something that we're reaching forward to, then we will tend to just dwell on the past and dwell on what went wrong we, and dwell on, oh, I wish the good old days would come back. And it's a place where it fuels the victim mindset that I am powerless. I am a victim. I want to tell you right now to everybody who's listening, you are not powerless. You are not at a disadvantage. You are not a victim. You may feel it. You, you may have experiences of it, but that's not who you are. I think about someone like Viktor Frankl who came out of the concentration camps and I think about that and I say, man, oh, man, I don't have nearly the challenges that he had. And yet he was able to focus on his future. He, he was focusing on a purpose. He was focusing on uh, I'm going to do something important and it's going to make a difference. Again, Paul said, 
one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that are his. He said, I'm going to live out of my future. And, and one of the greatest things that we can do is clarify what those things are. What are those things that you're reaching forward to? What are those things? What are the dreams in your heart? What, what are the goals that you've made? What are the ways that you, you want to make a difference? There, those things are to reach forward to. I recently wrote a blog and did a podcast on it, Decide and He Will Provide. And it really speaks to this. It speaks to this. It talked about a, a normal, ordinary person who had a secular job. <laughs> I put that in quote, secular, because I don't really believe there's any sacred and secular barrier. Everything we do is sacred when we dedicate it to the Lord. But he had a, a secular job, and he and he heard the walls were down in Jerusalem. He was taken captive. He wasn't, I mean, his people were taken captive. He wasn't even in Israel anymore. And he heard about the walls. And he said, I'm going to do something about that. I'm going to do something about that. And once he decided, he got provided for. He didn't have any resources. He didn't have any, anything to, to be able to get the job done except a quality decision, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to make a difference in that area. And I believe this. And what happened was just the king, the, the king, and he issued him, uh, but through his uh, power, gave him all the resources that he needed. Now, I believe this, that as we decide, and as we reach forward to those things, and obviously those things are family things, they're, they're, they're career dreams, but, but whatever it is, I, I believe at the heart of it is that we're going to make a difference. We're going to fix something. We're going to make things better. I'm going to make things better in this area. I've decided that I'm going to fix the lack of hope and joy in God's people, especially leaders. <laughs> I, I'm going to fix that thing. I'm going after it. I'm saying, God, I, that's what I'm living for. And it's not the only thing I'm living for, but that's a main thing that I'm living for. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to build up the walls of hope and joy in people's lives. And as I've decided to do that, I've seen heaven get behind me. I've seen God help me do things I never thought that I could do, put me in places I never thought that I would be. Now, once we get hope for the future, now listen, I'm about ready to wrap this up, but this piece, this piece that I'm going to share right here, I'm excited about. Once we get hope for the future, we will be amazed at the multiple options we see for reaching our goals. I'm reading a book right now uh, called Be Your Future Self Now by Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Great book. It's got, a, it's got a little bit of an unorthodox view of God, but it is, uh, it is a book that is, is really good, motivating, stimulating to me. And he writes in the book, he, he quotes Dr. Benjamin, uh, Dr. Charles Snyder, who the writer of the book, Dr. Hardy, says that Snyder is the world's leading expert 
and researcher on hope. I'm going to I'm going to get into what he's he's doing. Uh, I, I want to have some competition with him and say that I want to be the world's greatest expert on hope. But it's going to be fun to see the angle he comes from. But he writes uh, this. He says, high hope people. And I'm talking to high hope people. He says, high hope people find multiple pathways to reach their goals and willingly try new approaches to do so. Low hope people, on the other hand, stick with one approach and do not try other avenues. If stymied, Instead of using problem-focused thought, the low-hope people often use counterproductive avoidance and disengagement thinking. Avoidance and disengagement thinking. Reinforced in the short term by their avoidance thoughts, low-hope people will continue their passivity. Unfortunately, they do not learn from past experiences. High hope people, however, use information about not reaching their goals as diagnostic feedback to search for other feasible approaches. Now, if you want to get all this, it's going to be in my blog that's going to be coming out next Monday. It's called the same title, Victor Frankl's Revelation of Hope. But, but he says, let me just read what he says in the beginning of his quote. High hope people find multiple pathways to reach their goals and willingly try new approaches to do so. Low hope people, on the other hand, stick with one approach and do not try other avenues. Wow, wow, wow. Hope creates a way because to have hope you either see a way to realize your goal or are flexible enough to create a way. When hope exists, there is always a way. There is always a solution. Hope does not consider how bad the odds look for success. Well, Viktor Frankl had a, had a revelation of hope. He had it before. He went to the concentration camps uh, in the 40s. And once he came out, he realized, well, he realized it while he was there, but he documented it of how hope was the factor, the main factor that he saw for how people could endure a great hardship. And he's been helping people ever since. Wow. So good to be able to share this message with you today. Steve Backlin here from Igniting Hope Ministries. Hey, if you like these podcasts, why don't you tell somebody else about it? And if you're not signed up for our newsletter and would like to be, go to ignitinghope.com and sign up and you'll get our blogs and a link to our podcast. You'll also know about uh, where I'm traveling, where uh, what our online courses are, free resources. We got all kinds of of things that that are available to you. And I want to remind you, too, that we're starting next Monday. I'm recording this on July 20th, 2022. Uh, Next Monday, which will be the 25th of July, we're doing two weeks of Limitless Kids. It's a 
two-week online event for children using my books. Let's just laugh at that for kids part one and part two. You can find out about this on IgnitingHopeAcademy.com. You can find out more information as well as my course, Fully Convinced, that is going to be starting the first week of August, an eight-week course made for people on the go. It's going to be so powerful. I'm going after the epidemic of guilt, uh, doubt, insecurity, inadequacy, shame that are in so many believers' lives. And it's going to be really, really powerful. We're going to have some online uh, Q&A with me during the course as well. It's podcast-driven, so people on the go, people in different time zones can do it. Wow. Hey, I already told you, we're here to ignite your hope. And you know what, what amazes me? You look at Ezekiel 37, where God shows Ezekiel a valley of very dry bones, and, and God's not afraid of us seeing how dry things are. God's not afraid of us seeing how dry government is, how dry morality is, how dry uh, integrity in leadership is, how dry the church is, how, how dry economy is. He's not afraid of us seeing how dry things are just as long as we don't get our beliefs out of its dryness. We don't get our beliefs out. And God said, hey, he asked Ezekiel, hey, I want to ask you a question. Can these bones live? Basically, he was saying, Ezekiel, do you believe these bones have a good future? Because what you think is going to determine what I can do. And then God told Ezekiel to prophesy to the dry bones. God has to partner with somebody who has hope to accomplish his will. God didn't say to Ezekiel, watch me prophesy to the bones. He says, you prophesy. And the Lord loves to partner with those who are unreasonably optimistic. And I release over you in this season right now of, of, of uncertainty, of division, an unreasonable optimism uh, in your life. I'll say it again. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people who do not have hope. And our hope level determines our influence level. And he has the most hope, has the most influence. And remember, too, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. We don't need strength at the end of the battle. We need strength in the middle of the battle. <laughs> yes, we, we need uh, strength in the, in the middle of the battle. Jeff, thanks for commenting. By the way, I'm doing a simulcast on YouTube Live uh, right now. If you want to sign up for our YouTube channel and subscribe. We would love that. We want to get this message out. And so the joy of the Lord is our strength. For most everybody listening right now, today's just not a good day to walk in radical joy. <laughs> You know, whether we have too many unexpected things happen, we have some disappointments, we're hearing bad news in the media, we're tired, we're, uh, we have relational issues in our family, we have people doing things that concern us. Listen, we all have a certain measure of all those things. And, but the joy of the Lord is our strength. I need strength now. I've got a lot of things going on. I've got a lot of things that want to drain me. But no, we magnify the Lord. You know, we think about 
how do we stir up our joy? Well, we magnify the Lord. We don't magnify the problem. We, th- we focus on thanksgiving. We, we, we increase our gratefulness by focusing on what is happening, what we do have, rather than focusing on what we think we don't have. And then we implement uh, Psalm 37, verse 4, where it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. <laughs> and I love that. It says, Delight yourself. In the Lord. And it's talking about delighting yourself with unfulfilled desires. Delight yourself with outcomes that you want to see happen, that you believe are going to happen, but haven't happened yet. That's the time you're delighting. And what's so amazing is that hope people delight, because one of the greatest uh, evidences of, of walking in hope is that we're delighting because hope is an overall optimistic attitude about the future based on the goodness and promises of God. And so we delight, Woo-hoo! Lord, I can't wait to see what you're going to do in this situation. I can't wait to see what you're going to do in my family. I can't wait to see. I'm so excited to see what you're going to do in my nation. Delighting in the Lord is a key. And matter of fact, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So it's getting that spirit of heaviness off of us while we're waiting for desires that we want to see happen to happen. Because <laughs> that's that chronic spirit of heaviness is, is blocking the answer from being released. I'm not talking about a bad day or a week, or, but the chronic spirit of heaviness that, that often accompanies faith people who do not have hope. Because faith people tend to put all their eggs in one basket. If this doesn't happen, it's all over. Hope people have an attitude. Even if that doesn't happen, I'm going to thrive. And even if that doesn't happen, I believe something better is coming. So the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hey, thanks so much for watching this and listening to this. As we wrap up today, I am going to invite you again to pray five seconds for Igniting Hope Ministries, for my wife, Wendy, and me, and our staff, and our team here in Redding, California, and those around the world. And five seconds of attaching faith to prayer, praying five seconds in faith is more powerful than praying 30 minutes without faith. So I'd rather build up my faith muscle and just pray for five seconds and then water that prayer with thanksgiving as as an expression. I believe something happened. So why don't you take five seconds right now? And by the way, I'll say it again. Your prayers are strengthening us. We feel them. Take five seconds right now. Amen. Thank you so much for praying for us. Remind you again, Limitless Kids starts next Monday, first week of August, fully convinced. And then in September, we're starting our five-month transformational mind renewal course. We got a lot going on. Got a lot going on. Hey, if you can't afford some of these things, let us know what you can do. And we don't want finances to ever block people from participating in what we offer. 
And thank you to those who have sowed financial seed into Igniting Hope Ministries. It means so much. If you want to do that, you can go to ignitinghope.com and find the Donate Give button there. All right. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Steve Backlin here from Igniting Hope Ministries. We hope that you have been blessed by this message. For more resources, you can visit our website at ignitinghope.com.